You're listening to Mind Labs, an open platform for artists on Sheffield Live. For more information, visit www.mindlabs.co.uk. Deciphering the City, Notes of a Walker by Helen Bledgerman. Second stop, Sheffield train station, January 13, 2011. My name is Helen Bledgerman. I was born in Mexico City and have lived in Sheffield for four years. At this point of my stay, I still feel that I haven't found or grabbed in my hands the tangible essence of the ever-changing city of Sheffield. I wonder if a metropolis is at all something one could decipher, and if it is, how to discover the center of its real essence. I wonder if the truth of a city is based on its history or does it lie in its own present. Perhaps it becomes projected onto what others perceive or it is reflected in what it inspires in others. I think one possible way to disentangle the truth of a city could be defined by what the foreigner perceives. So, in those terms, would it be possible to decipher a metropolis through the notes of a stranger, an outsider, a walker? In an attempt to answer these questions, I have initiated a search for the soul of the city of Sheffield. I have started walking Sheffield from west to east, and I will arrive now to my second stop. As last time, I will bring with me the impressions and we will broadcast them over the radio. In this way, all the notes will return to the city, where I believe they really belong. Later, with all the places visited and impressions taken, I hope to have gathered enough information to unveil my own deciphered urban map. Having said that, I wonder if the idea of finding the very heart of a contemporary metropolis is a personal or a collective experience. Is it even possible to reach and understand the soul of a city? Or it is merely a task that will always belong to the genre of fantasy and imagination. Walking Sheffield from west to east, I couldn't help but stopping where I feel is generally one of the most relevant places of a city. The point that both welcomes and bids farewell to visitors, commuters and locals. I have decided to stop by the main and central Sheffield train station. Once, it was a terminal dramatically surrounded by green fields, but today it is the first arrival point of a city that welcomes students from more than 120 countries, from Azerbaijan to Zambia, as well as the witness of more than 8 million annual passengers. Arriving to Sheffield from here, the first landmark welcoming you would be the new Sheaf Square, a gateway completed in 2006 as part of a major transformation of the area. A regeneration update document announced in 2002 plans for the sculpture centerpiece of the new Sheaf Square, consisting, they said, of a simple, elegant blade of stainless steel, almost 90 meters long and four and a half meters tall, appearing to slice into the paving of the lower square, 
lit from inside to give it a jewel-like quality. That space was empty then, but now this is the welcoming sight on entering Sheffield from the station. The power of a train arriving sounded over the platform. This is what hundreds of commuters hear over a coffee as they wait for their train to pick them up. But for me, this place is out of the day-to-day, although it is ready to receive the daily passenger as well as the visitor. Here we can find not only a couple of high street British shops, but also an American burger place and an Italian cafe with the latest type of latte. Everything shouts modernity, both changeable modernity, movement, plurality. Maybe as a foreigner myself, I have always felt train stations a familiar but exciting place. And although this area is obviously English, I see it in the architecture, it cannot help but ooze a sublime mix of a very real sense of identity and a striving for an identity that is unknown. I am not sure if it is the movement of people or the fact that in here one can see so many different nationalities. This setting makes me feel in a place that is connected with a much bigger scenario. It reminds me at many levels of the interconnectedness of things, in an atomic and interpersonal but also an intercity level. Here, here one can imagine the interassociations of cities like the neurons in the brain where an individual signal influences the whole system. Mexican Nobel Prize winner Octavio Paz said that otherness is a feeling of strangerness that one finds in itself sooner or later. He says, me and the other, an issue between the individual and the collective. And adds, uh, the presence of the other world allows me to gain awareness of my own individuality. And I think about pass at this point when I feel the train station as an allower of connection, an enabler of recognition. In other words, the first point for closing a distance where it becomes not just achievable but a distance as a means of understanding about the other and about ourselves. In fact, I wonder what influence trains have had on local culture, for instance on language. How would the English language be without this infrastructure in the UK? In Mexico, for example, they are not offered as a mode of transport. We travel by bus or by airplane. I wonder how different the Mexican economy would be just by introducing this transport system. Sheffield Railway Station is a highly vibrant nucleus where you can feel a non-stop flux of energy. This flow is replicated by the two rivers that join together underneath, the Porterbrook and the River Schiff. The former, with a 450-feet fall, travels from its source behind a small farm on Hangram all the way to the city centre. And the River Schiff, from the suburb of Totley, descends 400 feet, providing water power for a number of industries since at least the 16th century. An interesting parallel. People running non-stop on the platforms and water working for the industry running continuously underneath them.
I suppose, in terms of movement and energy, a train station has similarities with an airport, but it provides one with a greater feeling of nostalgia. Trains connect us with time and history in a more direct way. In the book Sheffield Past and Present, Reverend Dr. Albert Gatti explains how despite the depression of such an example bad times, the inhabitants of Sheffield were resolved to avail themselves of train communication with the eastern and western seas and to get a foot, he says, on the great lines that were stretching from London to the far north. The Sheffield and Rotherham Railway first opened on the 31st of October 1838. It was insignificant from a commercial point of view, but the real interest was that it should be placed on the Great Trunk Line. By 1840, the North Midland was opened from Derby to, to Massborough, and this gave Sheffield a connection with London. Actually, I held in my hands from the Sheffield Library a pocket timetable from the then Sheffield News Station back in November 1871, saying an improved service of third-class trains has been put in operation between Sheffield and London. But as well, a new and improved service of express and fast trains has been established between Sheffield and the big city. Twenty-six years later, on a Friday at 5 p.m. in 1897, the station was waiting for Queen Victoria. This was the first state visit by Her Majesty, and it lasted two hours. The main reason for the visit was the official opening of the city's new town hall, but the occasion was outshone by the celebrations of the sixth year of the Queen's reign, or her Diamond Jubilee year. That day, the Queen departed from Windsor, and it was well known that Her Majesty preferred the train to run at a slow speed and resisted the introduction of more modern rolling stock. But when the royal train arrived in Sheffield, the terminal was beautifully decorated and Her Majesty's Saloon came to a stand directly opposite an elegant pavilion in Platform 3. That's what we know now as Platform 5. That was the news in those simpler times, but as I read the Sheffield Telegraph today, I see the announcement that even more CCTV cameras are to be installed throughout the station and that all cameras will be upgraded to produce clearer and digital images. Sheffield Railway Station is the place that greeted me one quiet summer night in the 90s when I first visited the UK. It has seen me departing to visit locations throughout Britain, and it has put me on a train to catch my flight to visit my native Mexico. As well, this place has witnessed, as it has done with so many other people that come and go, the welcoming embrace that greets me each time that I arrive to my adopted homeland, Sheffield.